Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Run for the Song Podcast. So hello everybody. Today is a new episode of Drum for the Song, and I've got a great guest for you today. It's Cobb, who is a fellow Welshman like myself. How's it going, Cobb? Yeah, good, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for agreeing to do it. And um, it's going to be a cool one. Um, we've got some interesting things I want to talk to you about. I think you've got a fairly unique, you know, view on being in a band making a band bigger using, you know, online facilities and social media and stuff like that. Um, DIY aspect, which is cool. So yeah, we'll, we'll, I guess, get onto that in a bit later, but for anyone who hasn't read the description, Cobb is in a band called punk rock factory. And essentially you play covers, punk rock covers. So in the punk rock style, um, there's lots of variety ranging from like cheesy nineties hits to, uh, di- well, this is the whole Disney album you've done full of all the classic Disney tunes. Um, it's, it's really well done, really well made arranged and everything. Um, uh, so go check it out after or before finishing this podcast, really. So, you know what we're talking about and, um, you know, go and follow the guys on social media, but we'll talk about that in a bit. So, First of all, um, Cobb is the drummer of the band, obviously. Uh, we go back quite a long way from, I guess, the, the Welsh music scene. Um, so let's talk a little bit how we know each other. For anyone that does listen, that might be aware of those bands or the bands we used to be in or used to go to shows. Um, I used to be in a band called Straight Lines. Before that, I was in a band called Said Mike and another one called Squad. And I guess we played a few shows together over the years. Um, so do you want to talk about some of the bands you were in for anyone that might be aware of them? Yes, it was Carson Down when we were a lot younger. And that was my first. Oh, no, it was a band before that called Pothole, which is actually one of the members of Punk Rock Factory. Oh, that's and cool. And then it was Carson Down. And then, and then it was My Little Murder. Yeah. And then The Guns. Yeah, that was it. So- yeah. Quite a few bands. So yeah. So anyone who's listening from South Wales around our age, uh, yeah, you might have seen seen Cobb play before or heard some of his records. So yeah, we um, you know, I don't think we played together a huge amount, but there was definitely, you know, a good ten a couple, yeah. yeah, a good five to ten shows or whatever. Yeah. Over the yeah, I reckon. But yeah, it was cool. It was good good times and it's great that oh, you're Yeah, yeah, really good times yeah. and and what's great is that you're still playing with some of those guys in those bands. So, yeah. well, or if all of them, or all of them. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, all of them. With My Little Murder. Yeah. Ben's in Pothole and My Little Murder as well. Yeah. And he yeah, was. it was only Peach that, yeah, I won in a band with Peach, but I did actually session on his band's album when I was in the Guns. So, when I was like 18, 19, I think. So, I played um, on his first, yeah, first album, which is quite funny because they had a drummer he couldn't make it or something or they oh no alex was recording them and he said why don't you just play drums on it so i played drums on it and they were like our drummer can't play that now <laughs> so they got rid of him. 
<laughs> oh wow! Think or something like that, and they were spending ages trying to find somebody else. Good luck playing on that. Though. Tough. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah, pretty tricky. But that, that's cool. I just thought I'd um, just kind of briefly explain to the listeners how we kind of know each other. Um, obviously, we've been in touch online since then. Um, you know, we we sort we had a good time out in Barcelona that one time. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was yeah. 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 So yeah, <laughs> um, I was going to ask you in a bit, but one of your favorite bands is Kiss. Um, yeah. Big Kiss band. So not only yeah. you're obviously into your punk rock. <laughs> yeah, you're obviously into your punk rock, but it's not you're not exclusively a, a punk rocker. Oh, not at all. No, like I grew up loving all the punk rock and stuff, but yeah, it's so much more than that. Like I listen to a lot of pop and stuff like that. I see music as so much more. When I was younger, it was just like Green Day sold out, Blink sold out and stuff. Whereas now I'm like, no, music is so much more than that. And I listen to everything. But yeah, I love Kiss. And not just for the music. I love how it's so much of a business and how much of a genius Gene is and everything. And mm. I guess he's been a bit, bit of an inspiration to you. Yeah to what you're doing now and what you have done. I know with, you know, with other bands, working with other bands, uh, quite inspiring really. And um, yeah, he's, yeah, you know, incredibly successful, no matter what people say about him. Uh, he can be quite, quite controversial at times, I suppose, yeah. but, um, but yeah, but at the end of the day, he's got stacked loads of money. Yeah. From doing something. Yeah. yeah. He's doing something right. Um, yeah, that's cool, man. And so, yeah, you mentioned a few bands there. What, what were your, so when you got into drumming originally, how old were you? How did that start? You know, what what kind of made you want to play the drums, I suppose? So I was about, I think they just, yeah, maybe I was like 14, 15, and they started doing drum lessons in school. I started having drum lessons and started listening at the same time to bands like Blink and Green Day and Offspring and Sum 41 and stuff like that. But I didn't last long with drum lessons at all. I really butted heads with a drum teacher and just left. But then I ended up buying a really cheap kit and just pretty much taught myself then. And I really regret that now because I'm I'm useless at reading. No, I still can't tune. Like I feel as a drummer, I'm terrible. I like really? playing and I like going mad, but I don't really think of myself as a drummer so much of the time because people talk about drums and I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Like I'm still working out now, like, the kind of things that I like and the tunings I like and stuff like that. And which is pretty wild. <laughs> That's pretty wild. And I can, I can kind of empathize with that. Cause I, I feel similar to some degree, even though I guess I have been playing drums all my life. I was never taught as well, especially at the start. Uh, I, no, I was, I was kind of self-taught kind of, I never had a drum lesson until I was about 25 or something like that, you know? So, so all of those things, all the kind of rudiments and stuff like that. I, no one ever taught me those, yeah. which are generally the things that a lot of drummers start off with and kind of understand. And like, yeah, the reading side of it, I'm really slow. If barely at all, I can do it, you know, because I haven't really done it in, in practice or consistently enough. Um, so yeah, I, I completely understand what you mean, but like listen, listening to you, like people, like and I've, I've listened to your albums the last couple of days and it, it sounds class, you know, people don't realize that you can sound, well, you are, you know, you are a very good drummer, but it doesn't yeah, mean, you know, you, it doesn't mean, you know, 
all the theory side of things. It doesn't mean you, you don't have to be able to read music. You don't have to know what a triple flammer diddle is or whatever that oh, is. Yeah. Plus, I don't think that even exists, but I'm, <laughs> I made it up. But, you know, you can, you can still play at a high level without doing those things. Obviously, you know, in some ways it does help. Well, in a lot of ways, I'm sure it does help knowing all those things, but right. it's not essential. Like I'm, to do now. Like I'm doing little bits of drumio and I've got a practice pad in the house and I'm really sitting there trying to work on certain things. But I think I just get a bit bored with the drum lesson side of it. I, I sit there and I'm like, I'm five minutes in. And I'm like, ah, stop this. I'm just going to play along with some Maiden or something like that. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of feel the same sometimes when I've tried sticking a YouTube video on. There's a few I've kind of stuck at. Um, but I, what I tend to find, which is really annoying, no matter how long I practice something over and over again, unless I'm doing it every day, which I never do because I never put enough time aside to practice enough, I'll just forget it then by the next week or completely forget what I did. And I don't know if that's an age thing or it's just because I'm <laughs> yeah. not practicing enough or a combination of both. But yes, it is annoying. And I think I kind of do wish I kind of did that when I was younger, but then we didn't have YouTube and, and free all this free information and free lessons, at, you know, just by for free on your phone, which is amazing for anyone young out there. Just take advantage, advantage of it as much as you can. Damn right. Yeah. And I tell you one thing that's really changed the game for me. And I wish I could have had when I was younger is the EAD, the Yamaha thing. Yeah. Man, that thing is just, I love it. Like, it's so good to just be able to plug my phone straight in. Like, I've, I've got this amazing recording studio out in the garden. We do all of our recording there, all the mics, all the gear, but I still just use the EAD all the time to be able to just plug it in and just do everything to come out with this little mic. Like, that's got me playing, like, every night, to be fair. Like, I really got my drumming stamina up over the last year because of that. Like, I'll just play, like, an hour a night. So I, I bought one of those very recently, right? Oh yeah, I haven't had. I know it sounds silly. I haven't had a chance to plug it in or anything yet, or set it up. Um, like I, I bought it with the intention of getting around to maybe doing drum covers easily, decent sounding drum covers easily. Yeah. To record, they sound terrible. Do they? Like oh. I, I put up a couple of Instagram videos and I've really done everything I can to make it work. It sounds like it's coming out of a cardboard box. Oh, but as right. far as you being able to play all the stuff, because I, I bought it with the same intention as well. But every time I do it, and it's cool that you can record on your phone, you can adjust the levels and stuff, but it, it's never, you like, you, it's not the kind of quality you're going to want for YouTube or anything like that. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. But yeah, um, I don't have the studio like that you have. And I, I generally play my electric kit so I can put music through that, through the headphones, which sounds good. Uh, but obviously I'm playing an electric kit, not a real kit. Um, yeah. I can't really quite play full volume, you know? Um, it, where I where I've got my kit at the moment, it's in like a it's in like a, a guard it's garden building, but it's not a soundproof garden building. You know what I mean? So I can't kind of go full pelt. But it's it's cool for like little, just practicing something on a something that feels real, um, or just for a quick little video. I don't mind filming as long as I'm not hitting the hell out of it. But yeah, yeah. I kind of thought one of those EAD tens would be useful at some point. So I thought I'd pick one up because I think they were quite hard to get hold of for a while. Ah, um, uh, were they? Yeah. Well, they, 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 they sold out everywhere, it seems. So I saw one and I was like, uh, oh, I'll snap that up. At the time, I guess I could afford it at the time. So I thought, let's go for it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I just need to take it down my brother's studio one day and see what it, see what I can do with it, really. You'll probably play around with it and you might even get something sounding wicked. But I think yeah. Maybe. Even in that studio, I kind of listen back to them and I think, 
why don't I just take five, set up logic, plug in all the mics and... Yeah, and I can't yeah. do that because, number one, yeah. I don't know how to do that. And yeah. I don't want to... Well, the idea was I didn't want to rely on, on my brother Todd to do rec yeah. drum recording videos for me. I kind of wanted to be able to, if I wanted to, go down there, even though they wouldn't sound as good, just be a bit self-sufficient and kind of do it. Um, yeah. or, or one day, you know, have my own place somewhere, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. But yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, um, well, apart from Kiss then, was there any other kind of, kind of like big rock or heavy metal bands you mentioned, Iron Maiden? Yeah, Kiss, Motley Crue, Maiden, stuff like that. Yeah, that Bon stuff. Jovi. Oh, like, nice. Just kind of feel like kind of cheesy cock rock pop, nothing too ridiculous, but yeah, just love like Skid Row, Motley Crue, Kiss, stuff like that. Awesome. No, that's great, man. Yeah, Rush as well, obviously. Rush. Oh, Rush. Yeah, this, yeah. The, that's one band I've never really got into. Oh, man. I only, to be fair, I've only drilled in the last, say, two years, something like that. But, oh, man, the tunes, absolute belters. All right, I'll have to do it. I know. I, I, I just, I just... one of the things with Rush that blows my mind, especially as a drummer, is anyone that can make a song change to these crazy time signatures while this crowd that are not drummers can carry on playing and bob their heads and stuff that's what always blew my mind about them whereas you'd listen to some crazy tech metal like protest or something and people would just fall over because of the time change <laughs> yeah that's i guess yeah. that is incredibly clever and um yeah and yeah they've still got the melody haven't they and oh, yeah, yeah. I, i've heard bits and i'm like i'm sure i like that don't like the vo vocal too much and i think that oh, initially yeah. put me off a bit but um, I'll I, have to I, show you some of the more kind of typical poppy ones that really got me into it. So yeah, like yeah. And stuff like that. yeah. Send me yeah. some of the, the, those those ones to get me started, and I'm sure I'll get from, I'll, I'll go from there. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, as for like like the the punk bands you've mentioned, I, I guess with the I guess pop punk punk bands that existed when we were younger. Yeah. Do you, have you ever kind of gone back to the earlier punk bands? And do you have any preference? Or is that, is not, you're not familiar with those kind of stuff? or Well, like more kind of punk rock stuff, like, like Ramones. Yeah, like, yeah, all the 70s I, kind of stuff. Like, I do like I do like a fair bit of Ramones and stuff like that, and like Descendants and stuff like that, but I've never really been too much of that kind of side. Yeah. Uh, that kind of too old stuff. It's always been about the harmonies and the more kind of skate punk for me. And yeah. this is why sometimes I struggle a little bit with the fact that we're called Punk Rock Factory because... I know it's not really punk rock. It's more like pop punk factory. It's just something that's stuck. And to be honest, I never expected it to get to the point that it's at now that we're kind of <laughs> seeing. So sometimes I'm like, shit, we're going to need to start calling ourselves PRF or something. But it hasn't really come up too much. Like a few times it has. And I'm like, Ooh. Well, have you seen but, like, have you had like a little bit of trolls or anything? Is that what you mean? Or A bit, yeah. Uh. More just like this isn't punk rock and stuff. But we well, were it kind of playing Disney, so... But at the end of the day is within it is within musically it is within the punk rock realms as in it has those traits but yeah. yes the pop punk maybe more pop punk but that is within pop punk is within the pop sorry pop punk is within the punk rock kind of genre so that's how i feel punk rock is up here and you've got skate punk pop punk and all these kind of different ones under and stuff but yeah you know some people are just butthurt sometimes and they just yeah, and I guess the bigger you get, unfortunately, the more kind of trolls you'll get because you'll yeah. be exposed to more trolls exactly. who are not happy with anything they ever see on the internet. So I guess, yeah, I guess you'll have to get used to it. <laughs> <Something right. laughs> yeah, I guess you get, you know, you get people who like 
the damned and things like that. This, you know, yeah. like this is this is proper punk, and you know, yeah. Like, but yeah, I'm not I'm not overly familiar with the kind of old school bands myself either. But I was I was wondering more your kind of opinion was on it all. And there's always this American versus British punk war, uh, yeah. but like I don't I don't really have an opinion. What was nah. first and all that, but yeah, I'm sure a lot of listeners out there probably do. So, but unfortunately. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that now because none of us know. <laughs> no, but yeah, I think Ramones is the extent of it, really. I do love a bit of Ramones, but yeah, never got into Sex Pistols. The Clash are awesome, but yeah. never been a huge fan. But yes, like yeah. Ramones felt more kind of Green Day, almost kind of yeah. You couldn't say pop punk, but like they were the a lot more pop with their kind of songs and songwriting and stuff on there. Absolutely. So yeah, really tuneful, quite simple. Yeah. Um, not, I guess, I, I lyrics wise, I probably haven't paid enough attention, but this seems fairly lighthearted, not, oh, yeah, not so and much, yeah, not so much yeah. like political and all that. And yeah, 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 but I, what I've heard, I love, and you know, we, we, we've covered a couple of songs with a band and all that, which is cool. So, yeah, I, oh, yeah, you have to, yeah, yeah, we, well, one, I suppose, yeah, one song, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yeah, Rockaway Beach is the song that we've covered. And that's a pretty good one. But yeah, man. Um, mm. So yeah, um, before I guess we talk more about Punk Rock Factory, one thing that I do know about yourself and, well, basically, I, I've, I've, I've described you as a bit of a social media expert. Would you, mm. would you say you were an expert? Or? Yeah, I'd say so. That's kind of what I do as a job, really. And I've been doing that for a while now, probably about seven years maybe and oh, wow, I yeah. in freelance with with a bunch of different bands and labels and stuff like that yeah more more so in the kind of advertising side now like i get brought into kind of really help out with facebook ads campaigns and stuff like that but yeah youtube socials all of that really it's the kind of broad strokes with all of it that's pretty cool so you so you you're saying you've been employed by other bands and record labels and things yeah. to do to yeah to actually conduct yeah. their marketing campaigns yeah. online yeah that's just really interesting because i guess it's something well from a from a personal point of view from i guess our, our band that we kind of do ourselves we've always found it really difficult and whenever we've tried we haven't had a lot of success with kind of advert i guess we have we've really haven't done much of it but um it seems to be very difficult. It's not as easy as just plowing a load of money into it. You have to yeah. get everything correct. So I don't know if you have any, you know, some basic tips for anyone out there or any any guys in bands that have tried and maybe in a similar position to me and they haven't had much success. The biggest mistake I always see, and I used to do it as well, is so say you want to run a campaign, you think as a band, you're going to say, right, we've got £250 to spend. The objective is we want to promote our new album and we want to reach people who are into Motorhead who are 40 plus and live in Germany or something like that. You think you know exactly where that audience is. So you put all that money into that and you sit back and watch what happens and it doesn't really happen. Whereas yeah. what I kind of kind of specialize in and what I tell everyone is you don't know who your ideal audience is. All that matters is the most important thing is you want to pay the cheapest like cost per click. So what I would say is I would take £5 a day, send it out to what you thought was it. But then number two, I would do the same thing, duplicate it, but then send it to, say, fans of Motley Crue. Number three, fans of Kiss. Number four, 
people who are actually 18 plus and stuff. So basically make a load of variables. And then after, say, three days of doing that testing, Facebook will be able to tell you, oh, you thought it was actually number one, but it's actually variable number five. And it's actually five times cheaper. So then you put all your money into there. But each time you're just testing different variables. So in the same way that you split testing, that's what I call it, split testing with them. You're split testing your audience and your ages. Then you also want to split test the creative. So the video that you're using or the copy that you're using or all the, there's so many variables when it comes to ads. But what you want to do is just not assume that you know how your audience is going to react. So you've got to throw everything into the machine and let it tell you. And then once you found it, then you kind of scale up your budgets and stuff. So it's, it takes a lot of work, but you end up getting so much more for your money. Yeah, yeah, that, that totally makes sense, really. And yeah, I guess you've just got to play around with it. Um, and yeah, go with whatever. If you're on about Facebook specifically, I guess they're all fairly similar the way it works. With like, I guess Google is a big one as well. I, I, yeah, I don't touch Google. Like, really? I, okay. I, I, I sometimes for YouTube and stuff like that, but it just costs so much more in the long run. And what I tend to see is Instagram stories. I can get my kind of 3P, 4P cost per click over to Spotify. And that's my end goal is really to get the Spotify numbers up and followers and things like that. Right. So I tend to focus on, like a lot of people will spread big on all these different platforms, but I'd rather just get the most bang for my buck and focus on say Instagram or something, or maybe a bit of Facebook and things like that. Right. Okay. So what you said Instagram story then. Yeah. Do you mean you can? I didn't even know you could prom- promote Instagram stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like, I think what it is, it seems to be say you're scrolling through Facebook or you're scrolling through Instagram and you see an advert, you yeah. almost kind of go, oh, get off my feed. Like, I'm doing something. Whereas when you're scrolling through stories, it almost just seems to be this kind of, you're more receptive. Mm. And one of the big things I've seen is if you try and really sell somebody on an advert, like the new album, from Phil Campbell, people just don't want to see it unless they're a real fan. Whereas if you can make that seem organic, so put a 15 second clip of your new music video, and then the objective is to send them to Spotify or to YouTube to watch the rest. If you can make it seem real and organic, like you are just, you're just not advertising, you're just putting up the video as a story, people click it so much more. Right, okay. Right, obscene difference. Like you try, I have this argument all the time with clients where they're like, no, this is the advert. And I'm like, I'm telling you, this is not the advert. Just give me a music video and, and I'll show you. And then two weeks later, they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, no, that's really kind of you to kind of share those tips, really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll probably have a little play around myself whenever we've got something new to talk about. But um, yeah. do you have any advice about if it's a like a post, obviously not a story, the actual like wording used? Are there any little tricks for like well, for ads now yeah for ads like how long they should they be or should they be shorter should they have links should they not have links what i tend to do is just you've got to kind of test stuff it depends on the objective so i i always want to have something with a click you know a link so yeah if i'm running an ad without a link it's almost kind of pointless i could have i want to be building instagram followers so that the link is going to the instagram profile or i want to be spotify plays so the link is out there but there's no text on Instagram stories. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't have that anyway. On Instagram, standard ads, like feed ads, you you only show the first two lines anyway. Right. It's only really Facebook that is relevant, and I think it only shows the first three lines on there anyway. But it, it right. kind of depends. Okay, it depends. What I would say, though, is people are so – they want to throw all their money into ads. I know what I'm doing with ads because I've 
I've literally spent probably about half a million pound between all the clients over the last couple of years on ads. It's insane. And I would say instead of if you've got, say, a grand or, or even like 200 quid that you want to spend, I wouldn't say dump that on ads. I would say put that money together, possibly speak to somebody who can do some cheap videos for you and make a load of social content instead because you get so much more back from it. Or at least if you are going to do it, do both. But yeah, I tend these days, like PRF, we're not running any ads. Like when the album comes out, we might spend like five or a day just to kind of trickle it over. But I can get more response from the PRF content than I can off ads. And it's just because oh. it resonates so well. And it's been kind of designed to go viral with a lot of it. So just the organic content that you're yeah. posting every day. I presume you you need to do it every day, don't you? I think to keep, well, yeah. as much as possible. Yeah, when the album's out, I'll be doing it every day or at least every two days. But right now, it's kind of a balance and act of keeping us in people's faces. But because there's no real objective yet, as soon as the pre-save links go live for the album, which I'm expecting any day, okay, I'm really then. Nice, nice. No, yeah, it'll be fans engaged. Of course, like photos, videos, everything you got to yeah. be doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I know, I know. Like, I 100% know our band are not the best at doing that. I'll, I'll admit that. I try and yeah. do as much as I can for the podcast, but like it's difficult with, because I'm not technically selling anything. Like I guess with what you said, you're just trying to get more followers. I guess I've never tried to direct people to other social platforms from Facebook or whatever. I guess like that could be something I could try to grow grow the Instagram and, and the Twitter or whatever. Um, but yeah, if it's anything to well, do with. Like, so, go on. I was going to say, anytime no, no, I try I with you, go on. Sorry. <laughs> oh, so I think we're having a little bit of a delay, but um, whenever I try and like push like a YouTube link, like Facebook really doesn't like that. What I've noticed, it really makes it difficult for me. They don't want you to go away to YouTube for some reason. Yeah, that, that's true. It limits your reach when you do that. So with that, you want to be posting the video natively onto Facebook. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. thing I was going to say, remember what I said to you the other day, and I think everyone is kind of guilty of this, is you've got to be so careful that you're not just selling to people. And yeah. people think that they're not selling to people. But when you're posting like uh, your tour poster or something all the time, whether it's the album, then the tour poster, and then something else, it's almost like Instagram and Facebook see that and they start limiting your reach then. You've got to start chucking in a photo, chucking up a video, giving things up for free, behind the scenes. Yeah, definitely. Studio and stuff like that. No, yeah, I, I took that advice. And yeah, we'll have a chat to the guys soon and try and create some content. It's, I, it's just a little bit difficult for us to kind of come up with that. With that we come up with new content because we've never been, we haven't been together in a room for ages, because I guess because of the COVID thing. But now we can start kind of rehearsing and stuff. Um but yeah, that's really helpful. And anyone who's in a band or who maybe if, I guess it's similar for anyone who's trying to push their drum page, I guess it's a similar kind of thing. If they've got like a drum Instagram, they're trying to push. So all, all the kind of same techniques involved in that. Um, I, I know that's a big thing. Like with Instagram drummers, there's some massively popular Instagram drummers that are not in bands or anything, but they're really big on Instagram. And obviously TikTok is the other one. That I know your band is really, mm. well, really quite successful with. Um, I haven't had any luck with that myself. Maybe it's not the oh, right platform for a podcast, but um, yeah, it's not. It's hard work TikTok. I I hate it. it. Keeps me up at night some nights. Like we've had success on it, but I hate it. The way it works, it's mm. just bittersweet. It's hard work. <laughs> yeah, but it, well, I started following you the other day, and 
at least you're popping up on my feed. But I don't, I like, it's just, it's just weird, man. I don't know. Like I, I downloaded it. And all, like the first thing it started showing me was like girls dancing. Yeah. And I was just like, what, like, why are you assuming I want to see this? I'm like, so I started kind of following drum accounts and now it's a little bit more drummy, but yeah. like, I'm still swiping past loads of girls dancing. It's like, that's not like, I'm not that I'm not the demographic that wants to see that. And I thought, I, I don't know. I don't know why it hasn't realized yet, but um, I don't know. It's so weird. I guess they really, those posts are really popular. So it thinks everyone it, wants to it, see it, them. It's a bit of time to learn about you. Like the more you use the platform, the more it starts like tailoring stuff towards you. And like in a way, TikTok is genius, but it's hard. So like with Instagram, if you choose to follow all these people, you're going to see them in your feed. Yeah. Whereas TikTok doesn't work like that because you could have a hundred million followers of your TikTok account. But if your videos that you're uploading are not, following a certain criteria of going viral essentially and getting loads of comments and likes and stuff, it won't show it to people Yeah, because it's all on the for you page as opposed to the feed. Yes. So that's why it's so annoying for marketers, well, for bands and stuff, because you might have a video, like we got a million views in one day on one of our videos wow. and it's just going insane. And now, because we're not posting as much because we're gearing up for the album, we can put up a video. We might be lucky if it gets a thousand, two thousand in three days which is just so yeah, annoying. Yeah, it's not, it shows that you can potentially get a million. That's crazy. And yeah, there's a few yeah. people I know just with personal accounts that have, I guess, done something funny or just posted something funny and then it's just kind of blown up crazy. I, like, yeah. I, it's not something I've ever done, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I might give up entirely on that platform for the podcast anyway. I just don't think it's the right platform really for... It's made for short content, so like 15 seconds a piece. Yeah, so I, I don't no, think it's, yeah. probably not the best one for me. So I might sack it off, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. But uh, if you are on TikTok, anyone listening, feel free to follow at Drum for the Song. And are you, what, what's your tag? The band's tag. It is Punk Rock Factory. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice and simple. You you the same on all the platforms? Yeah. Nice. That's the best way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it really annoys me that our band is different, and like I, I swear that doesn't do us any favors as well. But um, no, no, the change. Yeah, I need to change that. Right, cool. So um, yeah. So you started the band. I guess you said you didn't expect it to blow up like it obviously has. Was it was it just a little bit of fun to start, or did you kind of have some form of business head on, you know, involved at the time, thinking, oh, you know, let's try and do make some money, or was it not really that kind of thing? Not really, but like. Because I've been doing, I've been, all the bands that I've been working with over the years, I've always pushed covers. Like, I actually started with uh, my missus now. I started with her band, The Beef Seeds. This was, like, maybe six years ago. And I, they were the first band I started working with. And they specifically did covers of pop songs, Bluegrass. Right. And ever since then, like, them, like, Bars and Melody and these other bands that I've worked with over the years, I've always been saying, you need to do covers. And it's not just because you're going to be a cover band, but I've always believed that covers are these kind of, you can go viral with a cover and that's a catalyst then to explode your main catalog yeah. and to push everyone back to the rest of your songs, really. So I've always been a big advocate for doing covers. But because I was working with all these different bands and telling them what to do and all these things, I just kind of thought, no, do you know what? I want to do this as well. So me and the boys just started doing it. It was a bit of fun. And we were doing it all the time. But then I think we had like a two-year break 
and then just started it back up again with what was it kiss god gave rock and roll to you i think nice. uh, and yeah it was just kind of a bit of fun we were doing it in the evenings really but then when lockdown happened we actually blew up on tiktok with our cover of just can't wait to be king from lion king ah that's a good one and that popped off then and it just made us think hmm maybe we should be doing a disney album actually and yeah, and then that Disney album just, we couldn't believe it. We put it up and it just went pretty much crazy. And since then, we're like, oh, okay, we're going to have to do this properly now. Crazy. That's, mm. that's, that's so cool. Because So I listened to the, the first album and that's got that one Disney song on it, right? Yeah. Is, is that, that's the one. So that's the one that blew up, which means yeah. I, I thought that this, is, this is probably, that one was really popular, which is why you decided to do all Disney. And um, yeah, for, for any Disney fans on there, do you want to reel off some of the, the tracks that are on the Disney album? Uh, so what we got? Moana, How Far I'll Go, Let It Go from Frozen, Life is a Highway from Cars. Uh, there's so many on there, I can't even remember. It's just a bit of a problem. Right. Um, is there one from the Aladdin? The oh yeah, Booty and the Beast. Uh, yeah, I've, I'll make a man out of you. Under the Sea, DuckTales, Supercalifragilistic. Do you want to build a snowman? Can you feel the love tonight? <laughs> Just absolutely. Yeah. You got you got some vocal guests on some of these tracks yeah. as well, right? Yeah, yeah we got Jared from Bowling for Soup, Tony from Mess, Steve from Belvedere, uh, Dennis from Temper Paul, Rody from Protest the Hero, Scott from Rufio, Dan Palmer from Zebrahead. It's it's pretty, pretty epic. wild. That is like they're bands that I grew up drilling, and they all got involved on it. Like, still feels crazy that does. Yeah, it's it's really impressive, you know. And then I guess at I guess at quite an early stage in your band's career that these guys would agree to do it. So, how how did that work? Did you like just approach them and go, "This is where we are. We we had a bit of a hit with this. Do you fancy no, being on the next album?" Or they approach you, or they approached us. Wow. So. Yeah, Jared got in touch because I think he'd seen us on TikTok. I, first, actually, it was Steve from Belvedere, which was crazy because Belvedere probably one of my all-time favorite bands. I should have said it about them earlier. Love yeah. Belvedere. I'm not and, actually familiar with them, to be honest. I'll have to go oh, and check man, them they out. Were like, they were never huge, but they're like Canadian skate punk. Right. And I was listening to them when I was like 16. As much as I love like Blink and Green Day and stuff, they were the first ones where I was like, oh my God, look how fast he is going with one foot. Yeah. And like I was sitting in school just practicing that punk beat and stuff because of bands like Belvedere and stuff. Cool. But yeah, he got in touch and that just kind of blew my mind a little bit. And we were chatting for a while and he was going to do Enrique Iglesias Hero with us. <laughs> and we started working on it. And like I started building out the track, which I do with all of them on MIDI. And it's just like, this is not going anywhere. I'm not really feeling good about this. And then we started talking and said, maybe we should do a Disney album. So then we agreed with him that he was going to do How Far I'll Go from Moana. And then we thought, oh, we'll just kind of leave with Steve, see how it goes. And then out of nowhere, Jared from Bowling for Soup is like, oh man, I love what you guys are doing. So we're like, do you want to do a song with us? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely up for this. And then Tony from Mess, which was another like crazy, I love that band growing up. And he got involved then, asked, and he just kept asking people. Like, he was bringing in all these people like Adrian, who's from Assuming We Survive and is a guitarist in Mess. Right. He got him in. He then asked Spencer from Ice Nine Kills, and they, they're probably the biggest one as far as numbers after Bowling for Soup. Scott from Rufio. He just kept asking everyone. Wow. Mm. That's wicked. Have you got, like, you don't have to 
tell me any, but have you got any guests in line for the new album? No, we didn't oh. want him for the next one. We because it was awesome, but it was still a lot of work to try and get them in for the videos and to liaise with everybody. And they have to send their parts, and we have to obviously work on it in the studio. But this next one, because this these are so kind of close to our heart, because it's all '90s nostalgia tracks like Turtles and Pokemon and stuff. I know. And I, ca- I can't wait for it, man. I really can't wait uh, for it. Sounds so good. It's going to be yeah, so I'm fun. So happy with that. Like, I love the Disney album, and I, I'm so happy with everything that we got from it. But this is the one I'm really excited about. Nice. Like, I'm just getting to go. We're all just throwing everything here. And, and the way we worked on this with the Disney album, we was all working in lockdown, so it was remotely and stuff, whereas this next album, we've just been locked in the studio for the last month and a half, just drilling every day. Because you, you uh, said you, you, you've all been able to do it full-time now, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's... So that's that's amazing. That shows what can be done. Yeah. I guess when you when you market something correctly and you know you you get yeah. in those figures and those do you want to go over some of the, the the numbers that you've had, like Spotify streams and stuff like that? Yeah, let me just have a quick look. So probably change it, yeah, probably increasing every day. So yeah, it changes constantly. So yeah, I just need to get a blowing press for you tonight. And it might be inspiring to some, you know, bands out there or DIY bands. Like I've always loved the idea of bands doing things on it on by themselves, DIY, and you're a prime example of really a good success story, or an amazing success story, really. And you know, yeah, it's had like three point five million streams. Wow, the number forty eight in the UK album download charts, had a bunch of radio play and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty epic. Hmm pretty epic yeah, and considering the time you know the, the time the lack of time that you've actually existed that's a that's a lot of numbers and you know no no record labels they're involved are they you're releasing everything yourself yeah yeah completely and pretty much zero budget as well like we like we built the studio and stuff like that but we haven't we didn't go advertising this album or anything yeah it just kind of went out and went viral really like we posted a bunch of videos I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm wondering because it's like the Disney songs. Is it the kind of thing that like parents are sticking in their cars for their kids and stuff like that? Like because it's just a compilation of great songs, and they, they the kids can sing along because I know they're slightly different versions. Well, they have different different versions, but like you hit hitting that market as well as just you know pop punk fans and just yeah just and then obviously yeah I presume. You must have had a bit of luck with maybe like Spotify, I guess, when it kind of suggests stuff that people that you're going to like, people are going to maybe discover you that way. Maybe. To be honest, we haven't had any Spotify support at all, which is really surprising. Oh, right. That is kind of algorithmic stuff at all, which I normally tend to see a lot with the other artists. Oh, wow. No playlist support, no nothing, which I quite love. As much as I'd like to see that. I kind of like it that it's like all these gatekeepers, whether it's press, radio, Spotify, they kind of don't like it. But right. yeah, just look at the numbers now. 4.75 million streams on that album since December. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Yeah, that's I didn't ab- even know that. It's not my head. I'm like, really? See, that's mad. A few of those yeah. were me the other day, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I had it blasted on. I, I blasted out in work. And um, I think it... it I pretty much played the whole disc- discography over twice and then I had to turn it off then because it was a bit, it's quite intense. It is very f- high tempo and fast. 
And um, even though it was really catchy, I was like, whoa, my brain needs a rest. I've just yeah. taken in a lot of stuff. Next album, you'll feel that. The next album is just, it's just an assault. Yeah. It's just nonstop. There's no letting up. It's just way more faster on so much stuff. Class. It's a bit more kind of skate punk. Yeah. And because the songs are so short on this next album, some of them are like 40 seconds, a minute and stuff. And you've got like Darkwing Duck going into Funhouse, going into Mask, going into Power Rangers, Pokemon. <laughs> Sounds so cool, man. I can't wait. No, that's great. I know. Um, yeah, you've got Flintstones, Animaniacs, Goof Troop, Arthur, Thundercats, Bucky O'Hare, Powerpuff Girls, Gummy Bears, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Turtles, Denver, Captain Planet, Round the Twist, Saved by the Bell, He-Man. Oh, my God. I love the oh, artwork. I saw the artwork the other day. It's all the He-Man. Well, it's not just He-Man, is it? But it's, yeah, Masters of the Universe. Yeah, so let's just explain the sausage thing. I've noticed you, you, you describe your the studio is the sausage factory and I, I was always wondering what that was and then i listened to the albums and i was like right yeah you sneak in a few sausage references whenever you can yeah. <laughs> and the one i noticed well it was the the on the um land down under and it's not a vegemite sandwich because i'm I li- i'm a fan of vegemite it was a sausage sandwich <laughs> no um, no but yeah like where did that come from it's funny and it's obviously a, a trend that you're continuing with the 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 songs no, sorry, the album titles and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just it's it's been around for a while. We've always just kind of like we're really stupid, pissing around all the time. Yeah, just it's just kind of a silly sausage thing that started, and now we just keep saying it all the time. And we call all the fans of Sausage Army. And they're getting involved <laughs> with all of it and like reeling off the sausage references. And yeah, we just they were all sausages for these last three albums. <laughs> We're starting to run out of sausage buns now, so we're thinking, yeah, maybe the next album will will drop the whole worst thing or something. Yeah, it's Fair no enough. real. It's just kind of stuck. It's cool and, though. And every interview we get asked about that, and we're like, I don't know. Well, that's great though because it, it's 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 a talking point, and it's just something funny, and it's yeah, it's something that you can kind of sneak in, and you kind of, I guess, if you're a listener, you kind of it pops out it's, if it's a song that you know, and then the the slight lyric change, you're like ah. Then you yeah. kind of laugh, and um, yeah. So it's called Masters. The new album is called Masters of the Universe, or worst. If you do, you say worst or worst? Yeah, we say worst. Masters worst. of the Universe. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's that's I wasn't sure. And July the thirtieth is that still the release date? Or yeah, awesome. Yeah. So um, look forward to that. And you've got you've got some form of pre-orders available, or yeah, the link's not live yet, but it's like maybe next week i'm hoping so maybe by the time this goes out it'll be yeah out. by the time this goes out yeah it'll be live so check check those out guys um obviously be able to stream it whatever you want and um stuff like that you've also got like merch of really cool merch designs available on your website for anyone who's interested um i was quite impressed by some of those really good so are they all <laughs> yeah. done by the same artists uh so they're different stuff it's mostly like beck uh, my missus does a lot of the designs. She actually did the artwork for the new album as well. Awesome. She does a ton of the designs. I do a few of them. Uh, we've got a few different designers to do some of the more like kind of advanced ones. And wow, but yeah, all kind of keeping it in house and stuff mainly. That's awesome. So you, you're a bit of an artist yourself as well. I'm or- not drawing anything, but like I've always been just building websites, doing Photoshop and stuff as well as I edit the videos as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, never, never drawing anything. So it's just throwing it together on Photoshop mainly. So did you, with regards to the, this is interesting as well for the video editing side of things. Was that something 
you taught yourself or yes yeah. yeah, so that's really impressive because i guess that's so much more important these days and like i i'm doing very 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 basic stuff for my podcast and i'm trying to learn little bits here and there um i'm i'm using um da vinci resolve oh, but yeah. uh only because one of my mates said it's just kind of easy an easier interface and it kind of does everything and it's free <laughs> which is good but um oh, yeah. I'm trying, but I guess it's, it's difficult because people use different programs and stuff. It's really hard, but um, yeah, that's, it's really, because I guess with the Instagram thing, like you say, in pushing videos and all the different types of content, if you can just whip up something yourself yeah. without needing to go external to provide you oh, yeah. clips, it's, it's, it's really important, isn't it? And I'd like to be able to kind of do that for the band one day, maybe. Um, I know my brother Todd does a little bit of it, um, but I guess for, for my podcast, it's really, really basic. So I need an excuse to kind of try something else to kind of learn other techniques, I suppose. But um, I think that's a big thing where a lot of bands are kind of missing out really. And just general people is they have to rely on so many outside people. And the reason maybe why PRF working so well is just that's like, we're able to talk about something and then within half hour, we can film it, we can edit it, we can throw it up on Instagram. And then before you know, it's kind of kicking off online. Hmm. And yeah, just kind of throwing stuff out all the time. And, it's, and it's that's not, how I got tied into all of that, was doing that kind of stuff myself. Yeah, that's really useful. So yeah, so like all, all that kind of stuff, like the graphic design stuff is all you guys doing it and you're not. Yeah, that's great because <sighs> that's one thing my band is kind of like, and you know, my wife's really good. Like she she's a graphic designer and an illustrator. So there's certain things that she can kind of do for us. Um, but like. It's not as if I wish I could just do it myself whenever I wanted instead of kind of like waiting until she finishes work and then saying, because she's been doing that nine to five. It's like, do you mind doing this? And normally it's like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it, it's, I'd rather just be able to do it myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's enough tutorials out there. Like the amount of times I've thought, oh, I want to learn this kind of, I want to learn how to make this kind of video or, just some sort of effect and i'll just sit there on youtube and i'll spend like an hour on youtube and i'll make it while watching the video and then i'll end up putting it out and i'll look back at that and think i'm so glad i learned how to do that because that video has now got 100k views or something like that nice yeah i guess it is i i, I do go to youtube a lot for stuff like that yeah. hi i hope you're enjoying this episode of drum for the song i just wanted to briefly interrupt the interview to tell you about my Patreon page, which is a place where you can support the podcast and of course support myself. You can um, sign up to one of the three tiers on there. There's one that's £3 a month, one that is £5 a month, and one that is £10 a month. There are loads and loads of exclusive benefits to signing up, including bonus episodes, merch discounts, Christmas card for myself, um, if you sign up to the top tier, I'll send you a pair of my drumsticks, um, loads of other stuff. So go check it out. It's patreon.com forward slash drum for the song. And, um, another way you could support me if you're interested, if you're not bothered about the Patreon thing, if you go to my official website, drumforthesong.com, you can send a donation via PayPal. So, um, yeah, thanks for watching this and enjoy the rest of the show. Run for the show podcast. With regards to the, like you said, the recording, 
one thing you mentioned earlier, you, earlier, you said you built the track on MIDI. Do you mean just the drums or? So you yes, so that's how we start with all the tracks. Right. I'll I'll actually like what I used to do was use karaoke versions. I didn't for this album because they're all quite old. Mm. But like I'll go on karaokeversion.com or whatever, download the stem for a song for like 99p. Then I'll speed it up to a point where I wanna where I'm happy with it. And then I'll actually build it out using addictive drums on what do I use? Studio one. Oh yeah, just yeah. Because this is Windows, not Logic. And yeah, I'll just build out the track. So they'll start in this really rough form of MIDI. And then like with a Disney album, I would send it to Stead. Stead would put his guitars on there. And right. then he's got a camper. We we camper everything for the guitars. And that's how the song starts. And then with this one, I did the same, but obviously I do the drums in here. And then we go straight out to the studio. And then the boys would put the, the final guitars straight on there and stuff. But they tend to start like that. Wow. Which is cool. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. And I guess it gives you like a structure and stuff like that to work off. Um, yeah. And w- so you record acoustic drums eventually? or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah. And then you do that right. in-house yourself. You don't have a producer. You do it all yourself. Or yeah. So Benj does all of our production, the bassist, Benj. Benj, the bassist. Um, ah, cool. Yeah. yeah, so he does all of our recording. We kind of all produce together, but he does all the recording, uh, all the engineering. Well, we're all kind of getting a bit more involved now. But yeah, he's the one that does like the final mixes and stuff like that. Class, yeah, yeah, that's that's Which, great. And I'm so impressed with him. To be fair, like the, the the fact that we're able to put out these recordings and people are just saying this sounds amazing. And it's just like a couple of years ago, he always used to do recording years ago, but it was only a few years ago that he was like, yeah, I'm going to get back into this recording. And I listen to his mixes now, and like fair play, he's just, I'm just the reason we can do as well as we do. I think is because of how good his recordings are sounding now. Yeah, because they sound you know proper pro, and I th- I thought they sounded really good. So yeah, tell him well done. I'm sure he's had lots of well dones before, but yeah. <laughs> I did. I wasn't sure that it was him or whether it was you or, or you know whatever. But um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's great to have that in house as well. Um, yeah. You've got. I I know you've mentioned that you might be touring soon because that's obviously something you haven't done yet. Yeah. So is is there anything you can say yet, or is it more kind of watch this space? Yeah, well, we're we're about to announce the tour dates now. Uh, it's not all one hundred percent confirmed as far as we're. So as soon as that's announced, uh, as soon as we know, that'll be announced then. Great, like a couple of weeks. But it's going to be the end of the year. Bunch of UK dates. And awesome! Can't wait. It's going to be amazing. And it's then next year, plans hopefully for America and festivals and stuff. Oh wow! Mm. That's the stuff. That's exciting. And um, even though, yeah, it's going to be quite a unique band to have on a lineup whether it's a festival or or you know or tour just because of the cover aspect is the kind of yeah. anyone could kind of just hear it and go what's that and then they'll they'll just in- instantly kind of be intri- intrigued and want to go and check out the band and yeah i can just see it going down really well anyway you know i always any- thought like it was going to be something where it would kind of be the last step like everything's going so well from like my kind of specialist area as far as socials and youtube and stuff and then he would eventually force people's hands but like i said about we're now signed with paul ryan at united talent he came out of nowhere and was just like i love this i want to sign you guys and i still can't believe that because he's he's a legend and he's yeah bring me the horizon architects and now us bunch of dickheads <laughs> does he That's do so any cool so he's... cool yeah does he does he do any other like punk bands do you no, know i don't think so i that's cool though, because you'll be his main kind of punk band then. Yeah, and he said as well that we're the only cover band that UTA 
work with and probably would work with as well. Yeah, he does like Bullet, Bring Me, Cannibal Corpse. He used to be in Cradle of Filth. Oh, right. <laughs> good right. Charlotte and things like that. And Nice. Yeah, The Damned. I suppose that would be the only... Oh, there, there you go. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, so that, I still can't believe that. So I'm really looking forward to getting those dates on sale and doing what we can to sell them out as fast as possible to show him that it'll... Yeah. Like, it was good... Uh, and we then you might, you know, you might even be able to upgrade and stuff like that. Then, yeah. if, you know, if if they sell up really quickly using your little skills, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, well, you know, it's legit, isn't it? If people are buying tickets. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if people are a little bit, still a bit skeptical of buying tickets in advance because of the COVID thing. I don't think people have a lot of confidence yeah. that things are going ahead. So I don't know how easy you guys will probably have no problem. But um, I've just. Yeah. Just from what I've seen within the com- the community and the, especially like the the kind of the genre the my band play, there's a mm. lot of people like comment. Is it actually going to happen though and stuff? And like, so I imagine there's a lot of people like p- not pulling the trigger immediately. But yeah. then if they really want to go and they don't want to miss out, that's I guess they should just buy anyway, and then they can always get a refund or whatever, can't they? Yeah, um, I guess as long as the door for so long as well. So I think it's just that excitement to potentially get to see us. Yeah. It'd just be a good night out, wouldn't it? It'd be a great night out for anyone, people who know the material already. Um, like, uh, hopefully you're playing local because I want to come. But uh, oh, yeah. Def- yeah, you know we'll be doing a card show. You're going to have to come down. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. No, that's great, man. Um, well, yeah, what, what was I going to patch- talk about earlier? Right. So you, you had a bit of time off drumming, didn't you? Yeah. Um, which I didn't know about. Um I'm sure your family and friends knew about it, but um, yes, you had a bit of a problem with arthritis. Well, serious problem, really serious problem that you told me the other day. Um, I don't know if you want to maybe disclose some of that, talk about how you discovered it initially and how it prevented you from playing drums. So I was playing with this other band that I was working with before the contract I'm with now, like a couple of years, but it was about three years back and we were practicing and I'd be playing and I was just kind of noticing like my my wrists were doing that all the time and I just kind of kept going with it and everything started going out tests all the time and noticing that I was losing the feeling in my hands and I was struggling to hold sticks and stuff and probably about a year of going to different doctors and hospitals and stuff first they saw it was frozen shoulder and all these different weird things and then after loads of tests they found out it was a rare type of arthritis called palindromic rheumatism which normally when somebody's got arthritis it's in their joints and it's your body well it's like yeah your joints are just knackered whereas my immune system thinks that i've got arthritis and it attacks my joints and it attacks healthy tissue so when i get these flares like i've had times where just my hands just do this and i can't use my hands and it, it happens all over my body and stuff and Wow. When I first started getting really bad, it was rough, man. It was really bad times. And like they, they're giving me all this different medication to try out. And with so much of autoimmune diseases like that, it's, it's trial and error. Some drugs work for some people, some don't. So it was just like a year of, okay, do three to six months of these drugs. And eventually they settled on this one drug, sulfazalazine, which really helped the flares but it messed my head big time. It turned me into like this kind of anxious recluse. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do PRF. I didn't want to do, I didn't want to leave the house really. Wow. It was so messed up. And it kind of came into the beginning of lockdown and I was still on them. And 
I was I was like batting off work and everything and just didn't want to deal with anybody at all. And the idea of potentially getting somewhere with PRF and having to do interviews and things like this was kind of almost too much for me. The anxiety was really messing with me. But then when did I start? Probably around the kind of time, not long before the Disney album started kicking off, which was good timing. Yeah. They started yeah. Me, uh, on, well, they moved me on to this new drug and I've now been on them. Um, Right now, about three, four months, I'd say now, where I I got inject myself, but the difference is insane. Like I'm, I'm the fittest I've been in a long time. I'm playing drums every night. I'm really getting my chops up and stuff. But if it weren't for that, well, if it weren't for the medication, I'd I'd be gone. Wow. wow. Weird times, really kind of mess on my head and trying to make those decisions, thinking, am I kind of dr- done with drumming now? And like, never mind drumming. I can barely walk up the stairs and things like that. And, yeah, that's so scary, man. And yeah, totally scary. But it, it, it's just, I guess, it's obviously a rare. You said it's a rare condition. Obviously, um, yeah. I guess if anyone's getting similar kind of symptoms, maybe they can investigate it or use this as yeah. a reference just in case it sounds similar. Um, hopefully not, yeah. obviously. Um, mm. and it's great that they eventually did find something that works for you, but also yeah. kind of keeps your head in the right place. Um, yeah. Well, it seems it seem, you seem in a good way at the moment. Like you said, you're really fit, and and yeah, that's amazing to hear. And um, well, like I guess just I'm glad to hear that. Really, and I'm sorry you had to go through those kind of tougher times. Um, and I guess it's probably you you had to get on with things as much as possible, but you just didn't yeah. want didn't want to. And yeah, you know, it sounds sounds pretty grim. There's a weird <laughs> time to go through because like so much as far as like I was going to doctors and stuff as far as dealing with the like kind of anxious side of the medication stuff. I'm going to doctors and they're just like, oh, are you just, are you just kind of a bit depressed and stuff? I'm like, honestly, I'm balling. I love my life. I love everything. Yeah, I'm you- feeling these kind of low things. Like I've no long moved house. I've got a studio in my garden. I work from home and stuff. I'm telling you, it's the medication and stuff. And then when they finally stopped me off the medication, just like blah, 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 bloody hell. But then the pain started coming back. So we had to switch meds up and everything. And, but yeah, all worked out though. All I'm kind of almost glad that I've experienced it all because I really have got a newfound appreciation for people that are going through kind of anxiety and stuff like that. Because I've always been such a happy, bubbly person, kind of get up and get on with it as far as business and stuff. So to feel those kind of dark lows and stuff, it really showed me that some people go through some rough stuff really. And yeah, and it, it got me really into meditation as well. I'm massively into mindfulness and meditation now, and my reading about things like that. And so, yeah, all happened for a reason. Yeah, maybe totally. the reason that I am. Yeah, and, and you're better for it now. And yeah, like like you said, um, the meditation thing. I do a little bit of a little bit of it, and it certainly helps me, especially when I'm feeling kind of stressed or I've got so much going on, and I just that's my problem. I've always had is. I let things maybe get to me that, you know, I'm sure I can get around these things if I you know take them one by one and it all gets on top of me. And like the pod, to be honest, the podcast does it to me sometimes when I, I've given myself a deadline or I know I've got a, like right now, like I know we're only like, we just passed halfway through the month and I know I've got to come up with some form of bonus episode by the end of the month. And I'm like, every time I allow myself to think about that, it really, really stresses me out. And I'm like, uh, why do I, why do I agree to do this? Um, and when am I going to do it? And I wanted, I want to make sure I'm doing something interesting and, and, and it's, yeah, it's a little, lot of pressure, but then deep down I'm like, 
once I kind of, kind of, you know, breathe, or, you know, take, do some breathing exercises or just kind of get into that different space, it really does help. I know a lot of people kind of t- maybe don't take it seriously and they hear people talk about meditation and think, oh, it's just a lot of hippie stuff. And it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. And, um, you know, like this free stuff available, like this, I know you said you use the Headspace app. That's what my yeah. wife uses. And yeah. I've, I've had that in the past and I, I've done it on tour. When I get like 10 minutes on tour, I'll just go and lie in my bunk on, in the bus and kind of do it. Um, I've done it in dressing rooms and stuff where no one's around and yeah, it, it just, yeah. you always feel no matter what's going on, you always feel this really nice feeling when you finish. Like it's really hard to describe. Even if it hasn't gone that well, you kind of just open your eyes. Yeah. And I don't know, it just feel it just feels really nice. When, when people say like take a deep breath, isn't it? It's all come from somewhere. It's all come from the fact that there is something to all this breathing, mm. calming you down and stuff. And I looked into it because there's so much to do with like autoimmune conditions and things like arthritis and stuff like that. And I felt that relief. Yeah. I've done sort of meditations where it's to do with like uh autoimmune and stuff like that and if i'm flaring and i'll like have a serious kind of session and by the end of it you're like oh yeah like and there is there's really something to it all so that yeah the mind is off for a while as well have you heard about him freezing cold yeah 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 so i was doing that but in the shower every morning i I, shower and meditating and stuff (laughs) i I've, i've talked about this before in like i did like a health and well-being um bonus episode and one of the things i do every day is have a cold shower oh i do it the I have like a warm shower and then I blast it on cold for the last few minutes, just so my whole body is kind of like, like as cold as possible. Obviously it depends, depends on the season. Sometimes it's super cold. Sometimes it's not so much, but um, I do that. Um, literally, I don't think I've gone a day without doing that in about two years. Yeah. And it's, it worked. Really it, well, and especially if you do it first thing in the morning before mm-hmm. your day of work starts, it just makes you feel if even if you woke up feeling groggy and like you can't be asked, mm. you know, have a cold shower. And I know it it honestly just kind of perks you up, makes you feel more alive and up for the day, or you know, it, it really does help. And um, I know again, I've I've talked about this to people, I've recommended it to like family members and friends, and they just kind of think I'm it's just it's just a load of nonsense, but it really does. And unless you try it, yeah. I think you need to try it and realize. Right, that's what he means. <laughs> this is good, and yeah, with the, with the meditation stuff, I was going to say there's even a uh, I think there's a program on Netflix now. A Headspace have got their yeah. own. Uh, it's like a little. It's only like eight episodes to introduce yeah. you to some basic meditation forms, and it's a nice way of doing it with the nice visuals and stuff like that. And I'd maybe recommend that for anyone that is tempted to give it a go if you've got a Netflix account. Uh, you know, comp- a good one to get into stuff as well is some of the Joe Rogan podcasts. If, um, yeah, if you like podcasts, some of them are amazing. Like I'm reading a book at the moment by James Nestor called Breath. And right. I heard him through Joe Rogan. And this book is blowing my brain. Talking about how uh, humans have evolved in the wrong way to breathe through our mouths instead. And that right. by doing experiments where they do this and make them sleep like this. So they breathe through their nose for two months. Their, their health gets better and their sleep gets better and they're less anxious and stuff like that. And is it's crazy there's so much to it all is he the irish guy no i think he's american all uh, right because i've listened to 
I'm not sure. Maybe it wasn't Joe Rogan. It might have been Dr. Chatterjee's podcast. That's a good one for if you if you haven't checked him out. Um, yeah, but there's not. Yeah, I've breathing through your 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 nose is breathing in and out through your nose is apparently way better for you. And yeah, but I, I, there's an I, I can't remember his name, but there's there's an Irish guy. I always remember it because of it, the accent was quite funny. But um, I'm not that familiar. I I I very rarely speak to people from Ireland, so it, I, it always makes me. I don't know. I like. I love the accent. It sounds great. And he was like, "Breathe, breathe through your 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 nose, and not through your mouth." <laughs> and I, I just remember it being funny. But maybe that wasn't Joe Rogan. That might have been Doctor. There's Chat. a bunch of Joe Rogans where people talk about that, and I've read quite a lot of books because that I heard them on Joe Rogan mm. and stuff. Like that. And it's, yeah, there's just so much to all of it. Yeah, there's yeah this whole kind of lost form. Yeah. There's so much to learn from it, really, whether it's anxiety or health issues or just general kind of longevity of life and stuff like that. Yeah. But I just find it super, super interesting. Yeah, and like a lot of it is linked to like inflammation and stuff, which is yeah. which can cause. Well, you want to reduce all forms of inflammation, and a lot of it can be helped by doing these things we're talking about, and that, that you know the inflammation can cause illnesses and all sorts of diseases and. And it's people just think, all right, you just get information if you hurt your arm or something. But it's just like every right. every part of your body. Yeah, it's interesting. But we're going we're going quite deep now. But um, it's nice <laughs> to talk to someone else that kind of, I guess, has mm. kind of gone through that kind of route of listening to these people. That are obviously there's millions of people who do it as well. But um, I just don't yeah. know many myself. But I've I've reaped the benefits of it, and it's definitely helping you by the sound of it. So that's amazing. Oh, yeah. And you're playing drums more. Um, is it is it anything? Obviously, because you were, I guess, hurting when you were playing your drums at the start. Mm. Is there anything you kind of do to try and reduce that, like with with your warm up routines or pre- or anything like that? Do you do, you do a stretching uh, and like, like that? Was, oh yeah, I stretch every day now. And we were like before all this, we were doing uh, yoga classes once a week, and I still do a fair bit of stretching all the time, but when it was at its worst all i could really do was just sit in a bath like sometimes i would wake up in the morning just be in such agony i'd roll out of bed just get in the bath and back and just run the bath for me and just sit in the bath wow because of that yeah and sometimes just ice in it like i'd wake up in the middle and i like, come down and just stick ice on there until it kind of calmed down yeah jesus mm. yeah That's but bad. yeah when it was at its worst i just kind of had to stop playing really yeah just, yeah just it kind of in stuff yeah so scary like if i had this i've had a few niggly i've had a few injuries like my shoulder and like my knee plays up my knee still plays up every now and again i must admit um and i i kind of link that to maybe not warming up properly and just going straight into playing a whole practice session yeah. or a recording session and not allowing it to kind of warm up um yeah. but and it, it yeah, kind of fl- a lot now just in case one thing that really freaked me out actually the other day which I'm kind of glad because I had a hospital appointment yesterday and I spoke to him about it. But on Monday, I started flaring in my wrists oh, no. and we practiced. And I was like, whoa, this shouldn't be happening now. Like I'm on these injections, something's wrong here. And then it kind of died off after a couple of days. And then me and Beck were talking and realized that I'd had a really heavy Chinese on Saturday night. And sometimes MSG and possibly salt can actually cause inflammation. Wow. So then I spoke to rheumatology about it yesterday and like, yeah, more than likely it probably was just an overload of MSG, which caused that flare, which kind of crept over the medication. So what I'm going to do now is leave it a month 
and all being well, I'm going to have a Chinese again, the same thing. And if it flares again, then I know to stay away from MSG. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh, no, no, I'm done with this. Come on. Because I worry that if we're on tour and I'm in the middle of a tour and my hands go, I'm knackered. Like, we talked about this. Maybe we get a drum tech that can play the songs and stuff. But just Mm. the idea of that, it's like, no, it's not happening. Like, if I have to sellotape them and just do this, we'll make it work. (laughs) Yeah, but it is a realistic thing to kind of worry about and you know you'd rather not pull shows yeah because of that like i one example i've mentioned obviously it's not obviously not even comparable to what you've had to go through but um it was the only time ever that the phil campbell and the bastard sons had two festivals on the same day which was crazy in itself in two different countries it was uh belgium and then holland we played yeah. once i think we played once at like one or two two p.m ish and then we had like a late show in holland then and during the first show, I again it, it is linked to probably I didn't have much sleep. Maybe my diet wasn't great. I don't know. Um, during the first show, my it was my right wrist just kind of just I just felt like a little explosion in it, and I just didn't have any no, no left my left sorry it was my left wrist it was my snare drum yeah wrist. Just, I just felt like a little explosion in it like halfway during the set, and I just lost all power and it was just so much pain. And I was just like, well, I just got to keep playing. And I just couldn't whack that snare properly. You know, it, it, it was painful. I got through the end of the set and then I went to kind of the, the first aid area. Luckily, it was a decent festival and they gave me some ice or one of those ice pack things and paracetamols or whatever. Like, but I'm like, right, the problem is I've got a show tonight, which is the worst yeah. time for this ever to happen. Even if it happened on a normal tour, at least I have 24 hours to kind of rest it. And yeah, I, I remember like they, I bandaged it up to kind of give it a bit of support and I had to get through the next show and I just couldn't hit the snare at all with any force or to kind of do anything with feel. I yeah. do a lot of ghost notes and things like that. And then, um, you know, luckily our sound engineer was kind of like aware of it and I was like, just comp- try and compensate it as much as you can. I can't hit the <laughs> snare properly. I can't really, pro- yeah. And I said, I need, I didn't really have a drum tech. So I was like, I kind of need your help to help me pack away and stuff like that and it just felt pathetic really but um yeah but like it's not it wasn't ideal and it was scary because i'm like what i don't want this to happen again um i don't know what specifically caused it um i it hasn't come back since um brain or something probably yeah it felt like it felt like the kind of like the tendons there i don't know but pretty Mm. pretty scary but um yeah like it makes me like now like stretch them out all the time stretch your hands stretch your fingers it's all linked to these muscles there um yeah and yeah strange i'm always doing this now i'm constantly just doing that because yeah it's yeah when it's in there that pain is just horrible because that's that kind of i've never had it there and that yeah i can imagine it must be horrible yeah never had it there luckily but um anyway i'm sure you know, these other drummers, we've had other injuries like that. And, you know, I talked, I've talked about carpal tunnel syndrome before and you can get operated on to kind of get that sorted out and just, just try and do as much as you can to avoid these things happening. And oh, yeah. uh, it's scary, but um, yeah. have the best of luck with health stuff. <laughs> no. I can tell you another thing I had last, was it last year or the year before I started getting palpitations all the time. Like my Jeez. luck with health is just terrible. Turned out I had um, an extra bit of muscle on my heart, which was firing electrical impulses between one chamber to the other. And I had to have an operation 
Right. And I had to be awake for it. And it was fucking rough. It was the most horrible thing I've ever done. Honestly, I think I'd rather die than have the operation again. They cut into my leg, sent a camera, like, and uh, this, this Bernie laser thing up through my artery into my heart. And it's inside my heart. And there's this big, massive TV next to me with like this uh, image of my heart and everything and all these doctors and everything around me. Oh. And the doctor was saying to the nurse to trigger this tachycardia in my heart. And he would press a button and my heart would go, doo, 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 start beating. And he'd be looking on the screen to find the place. And then once he'd find it, he would ablate. So basically put in a laser to burn off a tiny section of muscle in my heart. Normally, these operations, I think, take like 15 minutes or something. I was in there for like two hours. Oh, my God. It was rough. It was so rough. Imagine like the most intense heartburn ever. They'd start the laser, and it almost feel like my heart was doing that. Rough. I'll show you the photos of the bruises on my legs as well, because they were just ragging this thing into my leg, and I just got bruises all up my groin, and I just couldn't walk for weeks after. Jesus Christ. It was rough. I've never but heard yeah. of that before, yeah. and that sounds absolutely grim. Yeah, and I, yeah. Why, I, I, why, why did you have to be awake? I don't really understand that. I and why did it have I to be through your leg? Because that's like the furthest. Why did you need to go so far? Then, if if they would have actually like cut into me and gone in, I would have had to be knocked out or something. But yeah. by going through the artery, like it's just day surgery or something. I was in and out within a day, which is crazy. That was rough. Sorry, sorry, man. Sorry, sorry to hear that, but um, I mean, it's sure. interesting, but yeah. it's horrific. Well, geez. like yeah, it looks like Mike Tyson punched me in the balls. Like when you see the flipping photos and just bruises huh? on my leg. So, so they like it was just mm. literally just from a ran. Nothing specifically potentially caused no, it. It's just random I'd things. Always, I'd always had these palpitations and stuff, and I thought it was just because I kind of partied a little bit too hard when I was young and stuff. Yeah, but. They said that I always would have had it, and it was just this kind of extra little bit of muscle and stuff. And interesting, yeah, just and it hasn't happened since. No, no. that's good. That's good. But to be honest, if it did happen again, I I made the decision to say if it happened again, I wouldn't be having that operation again. Just put up with it. Just yeah, yeah. Wow, (laughs) wow. Is there a name for that? Yeah, what was it? It was what was it called? No, it doesn't. I was tachycardic. Trying to remember. And I had to have a catheter ablation, which is the operation which is going in through a catheter and ablate in my heart. I can't remember. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just, I just, I've just never heard of that before. And they're going to try and find it. But no, no worries, man. And um, hopefully, right, no, no one, none of our listeners will ever have to go through that. And if you have, let me know or anything similar. Uh, it sounds pretty scary and i don't think i don't think i could have lay through that knowing that was happening to me Ugh. it reminds Ugh. me of it reminds me of something else that i'm not going to talk about <laughs> when it goes into another place if you say, i don't know i didn't enjoy that <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> right just before we finish then let's talk about um some of the gear you use for it you know that i know you you told me about your drum kit you got on order. Are you allowed yeah. to talk about that? Are you happy to talk yeah. about that? Yes. So yeah. it's an SJC, right? Yeah. So I've been offered an SJC deal and they're in the process of building this new kit for me now. Like it's been going on for a while, but they just said there were shortages on the specific 
type of wrap that they were going to be using or material. But yeah, it's going to be pink and black, which is the PRF colors, uh, like barbershop with glitter on it and stuff. It looks so good. I can't wait to see it. But yeah, nice. I, I really was hoping that I'd have it for all these new videos for the next album. But yeah, because it's been built in America, it's just been held up and stuff and Brexit and everything. But by the tour, I should have it now. No, oh, awesome. What, mm. what are the sizes and stuff for anyone interested uh, in all the nerdy stuff? 12, 14, 16 floors. So just the one high tom. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. and then 14 snare. No, oh, she's got a matching uh, snare uh, as well. Yeah. No, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, more 22 kids or 20. I'm shit with this stuff. Uh, I don't know. You didn't you did yeah. tell me, but um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting because um, I've, I think I played an SJC kit once at a festival. And it yeah. was a, they were very popular at the time, from what I remember. They're still popular now, but I guess it was, I was playing, I guess, the Slam Dunk Festival and all these gigs where there was lots of, lots of American kind of pop punk bands and emo bands and stuff. And a lot of them were using SJC at the time. So yeah, it, it's just cool to see that it's still going strong. And they always looked yeah. really, they always looked amazing. And I was like, what was cool about them? They always used to, if you want a kit that stands out on a stage, they're a brand to go That's for, you know? For me, like so many actual drummers, well, more kind of like, yeah, like kind of pro drummers and stuff like that. They almost turn their nose up a little bit of SJC and stuff. And But for me, I really think that half the time it's about the skins you use. And obviously, yeah, they're still amazing kits. Yeah. But like I've got a Yamaha Absolute Custom. And yeah, it's amazing, but I don't like the look of it really. Whereas I look at that SJC kit and I feel it's like 50-50. Sound is 50 and the look is the other 50. And mm. so more like standard kind of kits, they don't really focus on the design as much. And I want to accessorize that kit. I want black hardware with pink and shit like that. And really to, I want it to stand out on a stage and not just rely on the drum skin. Yeah, we're like, totally. We want our stage show to look amazing. Like the boys have been today wrapping their Marshall cabs in pink tolex material so it'll match the kit and then we'll have the backdrop and everything and the skull on my kick and everything it's, i just think it's really important for the kit to look banging and i don't want to just be stuck with a standard looking kit really so an sjc was always my dream yeah. company to be repping to be fair awesome that's so cool and then like like we were talking about earlier with the social media stuff it's all about visuals and that's going to help yeah. if, if you're having a little 15 second clip come up when you're on tiktok with a load of guys playing pink drums and pink martial amps or whatever yeah. it's going to stand out to you know over the next video that's some maybe even if it is a band and it's just all black or whatever like my band or something like that so i've yeah. gone the opposite way my new kit that i've well i it arrived a few months ago it's just black with like oh, norm, with the normal chrome hardware so i've gone the opposite because i've always used to i always used to have white kits which always were quite stand out and nice. i always used to have white kits and then I just thought, I've never had a black kit. It's going to go with a cool black kit, but it's the opposite. Yeah. But yeah, it's not going to look, it's not really going to, I guess I have, I've had it not so it stands out, you know? Um, yeah. But I don't know, whatever. But yeah, it's a different kind of vibe, I suppose. But yeah. nice. Yeah. And um, obviously uh, you're using your Vincent drumsticks. Oh, you, yeah. You're endorsed by yeah, Vincent no, sticks now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hooked Cobb up, but um. They are the best sticks for anyone who hasn't tried them yet. Give them a go because they, they will last you longer than any other brand out there. As far I'm as how longer they last, yeah. So it's a legit person now, Cobb. You've you've obviously tried all the other brands over the years. 
Yeah. And um, same, similar with, similarly with me, as soon as I started using these, I was like, these are not breaking at all. Or I can do, I did 16 shows with one pair once, which is no, no joke. They were battered at the end, but they didn't break. So, and there seems to be a better grip on them as well. Like I, I throw my sticks around loads. I'm constantly pissing yeah, you, around and chucking. Yeah, and I can seem to hold on to them. And it seems to be when I sweat, they just hold a bit better. Whereas I like, I've got a couple of old pairs of Vic Firth that I was just using from time to time, and they just they fly out of my hands. Yeah, there's something in the the coat, the coat, the wax, the wax grip coat. Yeah, wax it's something yeah. what it is. It's that's slightly different to most of the other brands, which, yeah. yeah, I don't really drop a lot of sticks. I don't do any tricks or anything, but like mm. I very really drop drop these. You know, maybe once a tour, if I, you know, oh, pre- yeah. and I don't know whether the sticks are helping or whether it's just me anyway. I don't know, but yeah, I, it's one thing I've noticed as well. And um, yeah, they're really good. Careful because I'm constantly I throw the I hit the boys all the time. Right like when we're playing live, I'll be doing a bit less and stuff, but. I'm always like trying stupid shit, like throwing them backwards and trying to catch. <laughs> Mad. The boys moving out the time, moving out of the way constantly, like, whacking them all the time. So it really helps for that. That's so them. cool. It looks like it looks visually cool. I've never really put the time to try and try anything like that. And I'm aware there's mm. loads of people doing it now, especially with the Instagram, TikTok generation. It is a thing. Yeah. And like, yeah, it does look really cool. But um, maybe I'll try one day. But I don't think I, oh. I, I can kind of twirl yeah, with my right hand. Yeah, I can't twirl with my left. I tried the other day. I'm like, it just yeah. looked. It was just like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's funny. And you know, I don't know how you actually find the tempos are so fast. I don't know where you find the the, the time to do it <laughs> with, with your songs. Anyway, they're so fast. And like, yeah, yeah. I have to learn. normally I throw it up and catch it. But now because the songs are so fast, I've had to learn to almost throw it backwards. So that instead of going up, catch, hit. Now I've got to go. Like spin and catch at the same uh, time. Yeah, I see. You Travis mean, yeah. Parker do quite a lot, so you kind of throw it backwards and do it. But if you miss that, you'll launch it at Benji's head or something. So <laughs> and the amount of times just whacked it. Off. That's so funny, man. And then Zildjian symbols you're using, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Always use Zildjian. Yeah. yeah. I've never even tried anyone else. To be fair, I feel like sometimes I do see some like other videos and that and think, oh, fair play, but. I've just always used a customs. Like yeah. I've got a cake now for that, just because I've got an extra one over here to be a little bit darker on a twenty. But I just love a customs. They're so bright and just yeah, they've always seemed perfect for me, even yeah. when I was younger. I used to mm. use them as well as, as you know, and I do like yeah. them. I, you know, I admit they the nice sounding symbols and that. Mm. I definitely would. You know, I have nothing against them. They're really cool. And yeah, you hear there's so the problem is there's so many great brands out there and so many great drummers playing them that you're always going to see stuff. Oh, they sound good. Oh, I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind them. But like, I guess yeah. if you're, if you're trying to be brand loyal or, you know, get, get into the stage when you're supporting a brand, they're supporting you, you can't really mix and match. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I guess, if, you know, if you're, if you're trying to get a discount or free symbols from a company, obviously you can't just, it's just, that's part of the agreement. You can't use another brand. So, you know, that's the way it and is. To be fair, I think even if Zildjian didn't even give me one, I'd always want to use them anyway, just to yeah. like genuinely do. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the best way though. Just use the use the brand that you want to use because you like them. And you know, one day maybe, you know, the, the endorsement will come if it doesn't come straight away. It's better than just kind of using whoever will give you free stuff, in my opinion. Because you're oh, not gonna yeah. be you you're not gonna be using yeah. you're not gonna be using what you really want. 
yeah like i've got all the gear i need i've got no interest in getting stuff for free like it was cool like i probably would have got sjc anyway yeah nice that they reached out and stuff and but like winston definitely one that i really wanted yeah which is cool Mm. the one thing i can't decide on though is um pedals i'm trying Uh every possible pedal like i'm into a dynasync now so i've started using that direct drive dynasync yeah i do love it but I'm thinking, do I want to go back to a DW, possibly get a 9,000? I just want to, I want every pedal in front of me and I just want to try them all out. Right. This is, this is interesting, bro, because I got a DW 9,000. Oh, have you? Yeah. I've actually got two because I bought one as a spare. So we should, uh, we should have a day or, and yes, I, maybe I, it's probably easy if I come over to you because you've got a yeah. kit that we can actually play loud and we can try them both. Because I'm interested in yeah. trying the Dynasync just in case it works for what I do. Oh. Yeah, I've got the Steve Cobra, the Dynasync, and an Iron Cobra, and I'm kind of switching between them. But the 9007, I really want to kind of yeah. stick next to them and have a look. So yeah, let's let's hook that up definitely. Yeah, Come let's to. do it. Let's do it because like yeah. I, you know, I'm I've tried loads of pedals over the years. I've had a, I was using an Iron Cobra with the strap for a while, which I loved oh, yeah. the feel because it was just smooth. But when I wanted to do those fast doubles, I it just wouldn't allow me to do it because there was no. There was no pedal and there was no rebound really to help me kind of do the double. It's probably my technique being crap as well. But with those I pedals, I couldn't do that. it. Like whenever you say this to people, everyone goes, Oh, it's, it's your technique. Like, no, it's it's not about that. Like, because yeah. I can I can go faster without a pedal, just yeah. tapping on the floor. I can do rapid double punk beats and stuff. And then I was going through all these pedals, like I'd be going to like drum depot and places like that and talking to other people, and just saying it just doesn't feel like it's reacting then it's like oh it's your technique like it's not my fucking technique yeah yeah something about it. but honestly the um the dinosaur i i want to try the nine thousand, but i'm pretty sure i'll end up coming back to it like yeah. i love that pedal to be fair like it's crazy it just it feels like it's an extension of your foot yeah that because i guess it's not it takes away that whole um well the chain well the drive the chain yeah. the actual force needed for that isn't there so yeah it is, that's the yeah. idea and i'm interested in trying that myself nice. um yeah i want to um, try the other ones as well like the uh tricks and big foots and stuff like that like i've never tried any of those real proper direct drives so i'm well up for trying them yeah and i mm. i think a lot of it is adjusting from what you're used to i think yeah. when when you say you went to a shop and tried a lot of things out it's kind of you're automatically um comparing them to what you're used to and what you were what you were doing to achieve what you were trying to achieve on that, you, what you were used to. And I think that's the problem. Whenever I try something different, I'm like, oh, it all, it's all like, yeah, this feels weird. And then you, you need to put the time in. So maybe we could do a swap or whatever yeah. for a week or something. I don't know. So you can actually yeah. really get the grips and, and play around I, with settings yeah. and all that, or whatever you want to do. And, yeah. you know, oh. we're, only, we're only down the road from each other, I think. So uh, yeah. it's convenient. Let's do it. But um, yeah, what, what heads you use in Evans, is it? Yeah, yeah, tasty, dry, and yeah, Evans on everything. Yeah. Nice, no, you can't go wrong, can't go wrong. Awesome, man. Um, another thing that I haven't really kind of, I haven't really tried out much. Like I, I add different ones over the years, but I think the only one I'm really set on is I love that HD dry. It just really whacks through, and I think those holes make such a difference. Yeah, I've used mm-hmm. them in the yeah, past. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Once you find something you like, it's kind of no. Like I found stuff I like. And yeah, I see other things. Oh, I wouldn't mind trying that, but I'm like, I can achieve the sound I want with what I've got. So what's the point? I might as yeah. well just stick with it, you know? Mm. Otherwise I'd spend I spend time. 
Go on. I was going to say um, tuna fish lug locks. I've recently got them and foie. Oh, uh, try them. I don't need to, but I use sonar. No, nah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm only part joking, but honestly, the sonar stuff. Or Sonor, well, they got Sonor, they've got, it's kind of built into the, the actual lug itself. Ah, it's called, okay. it's, it's really interesting. It's called tune safe. It's like whatever technology they use. It's built into the lug in, so that it doesn't, it does obviously to some degree, but it stops it from yeah. loosening. So I've never had that problem. I can, I can literally tour, play a full set, set my kit up the next day. Don't really need to change anything. And it's, it's especially good for snare drums because yeah. you want, you get a nice consistency without, you know, I, I, like my, my brother was saying in the studio, we've got an old like Ludwig. I don't know if it's cause it's old or cause it's a Ludwig, but like the, the bottom tension rods are literally falling out of the drum within, you know, within the same session. And that, like, that's rubbish. I couldn't deal with that. I'd be cranking it up in the middle of a song. Cause I just, I seem to zero in on just this one lug. Right, and I just the shit out of it as well because I just everything's a rim shot. I just whack the hell out of it, and I just noticed that he was dropping down. But since yeah. putting those on, yeah, maybe I'll. Maybe but are, the snake, but. Well, no, I think it is. They are meant to be good, and I think it's just a normal thing with drums, and especially yeah. if you're rim shotting, especially one particular area, it is obviously gonna. That's gonna yeah. be the point where it's gonna detune if if at all. And I don't rim shot a lot these days. Uh, I kind of do it every now and again when I want to, but I try and kind of hit normally which helps with sticks and stuff but um yeah as long as i get the sound i want and i use it for effect then like a rim shot or whatever but um yeah yeah that's one thing about the i've talked about in the past about the the sonar drums is that they stay in tune way better than anything else i'm aware of i think it's like some patented technology so hmm. no one else oh. can kind of copy it maybe someone will come up with something similar but it's patented so it's one of the massive benefits, even in the cheaper ranges, it's built into mm -hmm. that. So it's really good for like for a touring oh. drummer, uh, for a studio, it's ideal. Um, it's something that gets overlooked a lot or people don't realize it exists really. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, cool, man. Right. So now it's time to do the quick fire round. If you're cool to do that. Um, yeah. So just so people get to know you a little bit more. Um, nothing that exciting, to be honest. So, do you like hot or cold weather the most? Hot. Me too. Definitely. Daytime or nighttime? Daytime. Sweet or savory? Savory. Interesting. Guitar or bass? Guitar. Okay. Nylon or wood tip drumsticks? Oh, wood all day. Cool. John Bonham or Neil? Piet, Pert, whatever you... All day, Piet, yeah. I, I say Piet, you say Piet. The Americans say Pert. So I try oh, to please they? everyone. Yeah, I know, I know yeah. I've noticed that. Because I was I would always say, because the way it's spelled, Piet. Oh, it was Piet, yeah. I think it is, but Mary, yeah, I, think, I noticed Americans yeah. say Pert. But oh, yeah. I don't know. No. That's one thing yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. He is a god. He is. Um, Beatles or Rolling Stones? Beatles. Clear or coated drum heads? Coated. Cool. Big or small venue? Big, all day. Favorite time signature to play? 4 4. Yeah, standard. <laughs> standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's, there's not a lot of punk music that isn't in 4 4. I, 
Well, well no. I don't know. There probably is, but most of it is. You can't put a punk beat over swing. Like, nah. just, yeah, we struggle with that all the time. There's loads of songs like, oh, should we do Earth Angel and stuff? And just not Earth Angel, but like, yeah, 4-4. Four, 4-4 four. <laughs> four, four is a one in it. Yeah, cool. Um, so we've mentioned the social media tags for Punk Rock Factory. If people want to follow you personally, where can they find you? Uh, at CobPRM on Instagram. Yeah. On Insta mainly. Just that's Insta me. mainly, is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I use. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I I'm not t- one for promote myself normally. I'm trying to get a bit more into it, but it's always me doing the posting for the for PRF and the other stuff, really. So I've yeah. only recently have started posting myself as it is. always like to just keep my life quite private up until then. Yeah. I, yeah. I know what you mean. It's, it's, I, to be, I've, I've mentioned this before. If I didn't have a band or a podcast to promote, I think I'd just delete everything. Yeah, it, it takes up so much. It takes up so much time, and, and yeah, it's handy. Oh, yeah, just think that like you're out for dinner, and like, should I put a picture? But like, oh, I just did. I just like, like, I do it for a living, but it makes my skin crawl sometimes. Just like the fact that you have to kind of like. I, I know, it. I know. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's you got to play the game. You you got to play the game if you're in the game. If you yeah. want to benefit from it, yeah, I know it's, it's silly, really, and I don't like. I don't consume. I don't want to, con- I probably end up consuming as a result of, oh, I got a post about this. And then you just scroll through, through some stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I've just wasted 10 minutes looking at, I don't need, this isn't benefiting my life by doing this. And, you know, some, there's some great stuff on there, obviously. And it's a great way to discover, you know, things like the podcast and, and bands. So yeah, you know, it, it's great that it exists, but for me, you know, I'd rather be doing something else or. I'm know. way more into Reddit. Reddit's way better. With Instagram and Facebook, you're just seeing your friends and what people just like kind of pictures of people's kids and shit like that. Mm. Whereas with Reddit, you're seeing the most viral stuff on the internet, really interesting, cool stuff or fight videos. So that's a bit more me. That's cool. I've, I've never been on Reddit apart from, I guess, maybe people oh, li- linked, some, linked something to me to check out specifically. I've never really, I don't really know what it is, to be honest. I thought it was. Uh... Get on it. Honestly, it's way, way better. Yeah, it's, but, yeah, because they, like they call it the birthplace of the internet in the sense that if something goes big on Reddit, it'll go big everywhere else. So it kind of it kicks off there and then mm-hmm. goes everywhere else. And we've done a lot of PRF stuff on Reddit as well. Reddit's always an extra place that I post okay. my stuff to as well. So if it's drummers and stuff and you want to be sharing videos, yeah. definitely be in Reddit as well. Yeah, that's. It's, I was going to say there's bound to be some form of drum community on there. So yeah, I'll yeah. have to. You can go the- like it's all subreddits on there. So like. PRF example, we did um like a, a live video of King of the Hill, the theme tune. Yeah. So what I did go on the subreddit of King of the Hill, so it's R slash King of the Hill. I posted that video on there and it blew up on that subreddit because it was all King of the Hill fans. And then because it blew up there, it kind of spread out to the rest of the internet then. So if you're a drummer and you're doing, say, a cover video or something, mm. find the subreddit for that. And also just general drumming, drummers, stuff like that. But, but it's good because you'll find a a real kind of like-minded community as opposed to Facebook, which is everything. And yeah, you've got groups on Facebook still yeah. on Reddit really drill down to serious nerds. So I was going to, I was going to say, cause when I, I've, I've tried that kind of technique within Facebook, for example, um, I had Vinnie Apice on, who was, he was in black Sabbath, yeah. found a load of black Sabbath fan groups. You know, they're obviously a big band. They've got a big following posting it was mainly YouTube links, which probably isn't the right thing to do, but didn't, you know, there was a few people liking, a few people commenting, but otherwise it didn't really, it didn't blow up. 
I might have had a few it's hundred. You're at the mercy of the algorithm, man. Like yeah. you say, you put a YouTube link on Facebook, and they don't want you to leave the platform. They're trying to keep you there. Yeah. Whereas with Reddit, it, every piece of content gets judged fairly, kind of in the same way as TikTok. It's the same kind of thing that okay. if people want to see it, as more people start reacting, they'll get to the top. Whereas with Insta and Facebook, you're at the mercy of them saying, no, we don't want you to leave the platform and stuff. Cool. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have, I'll have to explore that. Upload a video natively to Facebook instead. Yeah, I'll have instead to. Instead of worrying about sending them over to there, upload them on Facebook as a page, not a group though, and then you'll see, you'll get way more interaction. That's why I never post from Facebook out to YouTube. Yeah, I guess that's probably what I'll have to do. Um, yeah. I guess I'm still trying to, I guess, push my views on YouTube because I'm at that point where, you know, I'm trying to get kind of get the watch time hours and that. But yeah, I guess, if it's not really resulting in many views, what's the point? Yeah. Cool, man. I'll, yeah. I'll check that out. And um, always people always mention it when, you know, it's, well, those guys on Reddit, I just never really explored it. But I, I'll do that because if I can get some new fans out of that, that's great. Um, yeah. Before before we end then, I, this is the question I ask all my guests. If you could be in a band with yourself on drums, complete dream band, right? You can't include yeah. members of punk rock factory who would you have playing oh. the other who would you have playing the other instruments dead or alive it could be anyone you want that's ever lived paul stanley right gotta be I, i'm just gonna list kiss just kiss <laughs> literally <laughs> just kiss i think it's yeah, just like just kiss 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 and um, yeah maybe just like an amalgamation of extreme and kiss and Skid Row, yeah. Maybe Sebastian Bach on guitar and backing vocals, Paul Stanley on lead. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, good. Oh, I know. And Geddy Lee on bass then. So oh, then yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah. So then you just got them three. Just kind of Paul Stanley and Geddy Lee singing together. That'd be epic. That would be epic. And I, I yeah. mean, I, that's quite cool. You haven't, you haven't chosen any kind of punk guys. That's cool. I was... I, I wasn't sure which way you were going to go with that, you know. So, no, that's cool. That's where. That's obviously where. Where yeah, your that's music where my tastes. I really, yeah, yeah. Like I got blooming Motley Crue lyrics there. I got Kiss all up my arm. Blooming Kiss lyrics there. Nice. It's just awesome. so much more to it. Like, yeah. I think as a drummer to play, I much prefer playing super duper fast stuff. But as a fan of music, really, and kind of like from a, a songwriting perspective and a musical perspective, it's just all about like meatloaf and epic vocalists <laughs> and amazing harmonies and stuff like that. That's, that's really kind of what I really love. Just love the harmony. Great. A little bonus question for you then, because I'm interested in myself. Who would you say were your top five favorite punk drummers? Oh, Travis Barker would have to be. Yeah. Trey Cool as well. Cool. More so on the kind of the attitude. Like his playing's amazing, obviously, but he's very, he does his kind of own thing. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think now. Blimey. Yeah, you can, yeah. If you, I'm not sure of names. Like I know these sure. bands, I'm like, oh, their drummer's amazing, but I don't know their name and stuff like that. So I'm not very good with names in general. Casey from Belvedere. Okay. I he was somebody that I said you should get on because yeah. he is unbelievable. He's so good. He's been putting up drum playthroughs of their most recent album now. And like I grew up listening to Velvety and they actually had a different drummer at the time. 
So when I first kind of saw that they were with him, I was almost a bit like, oh, yeah, who's this guy kind of stepping on the turf? But he is unbelievable. Okay. He's so he's just like, he's so effortless with his playing. Like, I can't think of anyone who's as ridiculously fast as him. And he's so technical as well. Like, I'm, he's talking about all his favorite drummers and the gear and stuff like that. And I've been asking him about pedals and stuff. And like, I look at him and I'm like, he is, he's a real drummer kind of to me. But you need to see some of his videos. The way he's playing, he's just, He's got his symbols up here as well, which reminds me of like um, Saxon, like the oh, drummer yeah. Saxon up here. But he's just absolutely flying. I'm like, Jesus That's Christ. That's mad, isn't it? Because like, I thought with speed, you want your symbols as close yeah. as possible to the kit. Yeah, like, mine is slowly got closer and closer, so I can just, yeah, I don't have to move my wrist. But yeah, he's just, and you, you almost think he's thinking, what's my effort to tonight? While he's just doing the <laughs> pedal and stuff, just rapid as well. I can awesome. watch his foot for hours. Crazy the stuff he's doing. Awesome. But yeah. Mm. Nickel McBrain from Iron Maiden as well. Grew up drilling Maiden. Love him. The just, yeah, the showmanship. Everything about him. He's not a punk rock drummer though, is he? Or was he, or was no, he maybe? I don't know. I just, yeah, just stand the kind of drummers, but yeah. And um, Smelly from No Effects as well. Like oh, No cool. Effects, obviously a massive influence on me growing up. Awesome, man. Yeah. Sounds good. Mm. No, I was in. I was in. It's not a world apart from the obvious bands. Like, I, yeah, I was massive. I was massive into Blink, and yeah, the usual. The kind of all the bands I got big. I was into them. The Offspring, some point one. Never yeah. massively into Green Day, but I know most of their material. I've never yeah. seen them live. I would go and see them live, but I just haven't seen them, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Tell you one like, amazing drummer actually that I've become really pretty obsessed with and watching him. The drummer of Machine Gun Kelly. This kid. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like that guy. Was he like, he's like 17, 18 or something. And he like, obviously Travis Barker played all the drums on a Machine Gun Kelly record. And I love that album. I I drilled that album. I was impressed impressed. by it. Yeah, yeah. Now doing all the drums and like, he's, yeah, he's like easily kind of as good as Travis Barker, I guess, with the stuff that he's doing. But his flair and the stuff that he's doing, I'm really, I'm kind of studying him and, because that's the kind of stuff I love. I love watching these crazy arm drummers and like big fills, which a lot of people like normal drummers might look at those kind of double fills and be like, no, that's nothing. I want to see more Tony Royster kind of fills and stuff. But I love what he's doing, like double kick fills and spinning nice. his sticks and stuff. But yeah, he's he's blowing my mind. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I, I've seen something about him recently. I'm not that I've heard that album, which is Travis Parker. But um, what's it? What did you say? Tosh Peterson. I Tosh, think Pe- Tosh Peterson. Okay. Check him out. Peterson, yeah, Josh Peterson. Cool, man. And another punk band I just reminded me I used to love is the Vandals. So like Josh Freeze. Oh, yeah. Can't can't go wrong. But he obviously does a lot of other stuff as well. Um yeah. very talented drummer. Would be a nice guest if he's ever wants to come oh, on yeah. the podcast. He'd be pretty impressive to get on. Um uh, he'd be a bit of a dream guest. But yeah, like I used to love that band. Um but yeah, not a huge amount of other kind of, I guess punk bands I, I would say that i was like massively into i don't know why just i've always liked the genre i've always enjoyed it it's just i never really explored the guess the slightly more underground or i guess less mainstream stuff so yeah. what about um goldfinger remember them darren yeah, yeah i remember them yeah. i can't remember the drumming specifically but oh, i remember yeah really yeah just proper silly billy super fast but like showmanship as well oh cool yeah, he's wicked. Nice. Ah, sounds good. I'll check. I'll check some of those guys out and um, 
yeah, just good luck with the next release and whatever's to come. And hopefully I'll come and see you on tour. But yeah, we'll we'll oh, sort out that day in the studio with the pedals when you definitely. can fit when you can fit me in. And um yeah, yeah thanks again and okay. and uh hopefully good luck and best of all to your health and hopefully you'll start feeling a lot better and oh, continue to play yeah. and yeah. tour and get massive and tour the world and yeah, just just enjoy it. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you boys playing a show as well when all this gets back to normal, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I can't can't wait. But um a few things to sort out first. But, uh, yeah, okay. I want you to ask me some of that, but yeah, we can talk about that. Talk about that another time. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for yeah. taking the time to come on and um we'll speak to you soon. And yeah, cheers. Cheers, Dan. Thank you very much. No worries. Cheers, buddy. Run for the song. Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Drum for the Song Podcast. If you've enjoyed this, please consider subscribing to my YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you could leave me a review or leave a comment, that would be fantastic too. You can also follow me on social media at Drum for the Song or at Dane underscore drums. If you're on Facebook, you can search for Dane Campbell Drummer or join the Drum for the Song official Facebook group. If you'd like to support the podcast, you could consider buying some merchandise from drumforthesong.com, or consider supporting me via Patreon for additional content. Any support like this is gratefully appreciated, but I would like to give extra special thanks to my top-tier Groovemaster patrons, who are listed in the description below. Thanks so much for listening or watching this far, And if you're a drummer, don't forget to drum for the song.